Thanks for that, Anna. That was really great. Good morning again, church. My name's Scott. Uh, Today we start a new sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. And so our text comes from Galatians 5, starting in verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for a new series for this summer. We thank you for these uh, teachings. And God, we just would ask that your, that your living word would come alive in us as your people. That the women and men of this church would go deep in these scriptures and dig into what your scriptures have to learn about the fruit of the Spirit. And God, may we receive this word from your scriptures that you long to grow in us people of love and peace and patience and all those good things. God, open us up now to hear your revelation. And all God's people said, amen. So uh, it's a new series on the fruit of the Spirit. Our title today is called Fruitful Living. And my purpose today will be just to kind of give an overview of the series. This will be our summer series. So this is an overview sermon called Fruitful Living. Last week, I took a day off and I took my son, who's now eight, on a coming of age trip. We drove up to Diablo Lake, just he and I, not any of his three siblings or his mom, just he and I to have a father-son. We, we, we set up the hammock. We camped for two nights. We talked about, we talked about kind of sex ed and how God had made him. We, we read the Bible and talked about his faith and we talked about him. I'd gotten letters uh, from his family and friends about this is what makes you special. And we sat by the fire reading these letters because I wanted him to be anchored in who God has made him to be. It was a very fruitful trip and we swim and we fished and again, uno and uno and uno, so many games and time just moved really slow. It's like, it's still 11 a.m. because camping time just is on a different space-time continuum a bit, right? But it was, it was fruitful. It was like these small little moments that just felt really fruitful. And that makes an excellent segue because as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit this summer, what I want us as, as God's people to be learning and digging into is like, who did God make you to be? Like if you were to get letters from your family and friends, if you were to go away on a camping trip to be just kind of centered in this like, principle of like you were made to be fruitful. God has made you on purpose. That's what Paul was saying to the church in Galatia, that this is the result of the Christian life. These nine fruits will come to grow in you. And, and, And as a community, we'll experience these things. Like we need this good news. And Paul's like, this will grow in you as you follow the Holy Spirit, as you're filled with God's power. You'll naturally do this. You don't have to work too hard at it. You just have to stay in what God wants to do. Also, Paul says in Galatians 5, be warned. And it's the same chapter. He says there's other things that want to grow in you too, these desires of the flesh. It's the opposite of fruitfulness, conflict and impurity and idolatry and hatred and selfish ambition and factions, right? 
We won't spend a ton of time talking about these fruits of the flesh because let's be honest, we see that fruit everywhere. We don't need many more reminders. Like, yes, we live in a fallen world. But as Jesus followers, we declare this is not how the world was made to be. We have a higher calling than merely pursuing the desires, what the world says is valuable. We are people of the spirit. We deserve and long for God's fruit in our life. And just as an aside, you also, as you read the Bible, there's, there's gifts of the Spirit, which are different than the fruits of the Spirit. There's, you know, seven to 12 gifts of the Spirit, tongues and prophecy and miracle. And this series will be not talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We will be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. There's a big difference. Both are valuable. Dick Bennett, in his book on the Holy Spirit, he talks about that the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the character and nature of Jesus Christ being shown in the life of the believers. Jesus didn't only say to the sick who came to him, I love you. He also said, be healed. One of the saddest things to experience is to love people but not see them healed. And so Dick Bennett writes, both the gifts and the fruit are vitally important. Anyone baptized in the Holy Spirit has access to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like as a church, let's, let's hunger for the gifts too. But this series, this summer, will be about the fruit. And you are invited, not into a lifestyle of passivity. You're, you're called to grow and live into your identity as a beautiful and meaningful part of God's creation. And so that's what we're going to kind of center on tonight, or today, that we're called to display the fruit of the Spirit as Jesus followers. It's not enough to just believe. We're meant to be changed as we become more and more like Jesus, more and more fruitful. So I just want to start off here. This is kind of our first big point. What are the fruits of the Spirit? The fruits are the results of the, the Spirit, the pneuma in Greek, the Spirit of God. This is the result of the Holy Spirit. And we're hoping to build this deeper connection to the Holy Spirit in the season ahead. Paul is saying in Galatians 5, he's like, here's the evidence of the Spirit working in your lives. This is the design from our Creator God. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And so what Paul is saying is that the result of your faith, you'll experience these fruits. If you'll see the markers of these things, and if you're seeing them right now, church, like, praise God. And if you're missing some of these markers, some of these fruits, like, don't move to shame, but just hunger for more fruitfulness. Jesus often talked about fruitfulness. Like John 15, five, I am the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. It's an amazing promise. In a world of work harder and tracking analytics and investing and striving and clawing and stressing, Jesus said, here's a simple principle. If you stay with me, you will be fruitful. You will bear fruit by simply following me. And see, like for me as a younger Christian, nobody taught me this stuff. Nobody discipled me in this. And so Paul says here in Galatians 9, he's like, these five fruits will be a result of the Spirit's work in your life. Galatians 5, verse 22, 23. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This isn't a list of what you need to recreate in your life. This is not a list of what you need to work harder at. This is a promise of what the Spirit wants to bring to bear in you in a lifetime of following Jesus. 
The, the, the Greek for fruit is this word karpos. And it's just as you imagine, 2,000 years ago, Paul was writing to a church in a town of Galatia and he promised them, as you allow the life of Jesus' spirit to grow inside of you, the very best parts of humanity will come to life as you follow Jesus. This karpos, this, this fruit, like an apple or a grape, he's like, it's gonna grow in you. See, I'm not a great gardener because I lack patience, but the reality with fruit trees is the fruit will come. And in the days of Jesus, mostly agrarian society, fruit was, a, was the product, it was the yield, it was the results, it had spiritual and financial ramifications. And so Paul's just saying like, this is central to the teaching of the work of the Holy Spirit in your lives, that by the divine power of God in you, the people of God, things will grow in you. I love how Dietrich Bonhoeffer stated it. He says this, he says, fruit is always the miraculous, the created. It is never the result of willing, but always a growth. The fruit of the spirit is truly a gift of God and only he can produce it. They who bear it know as little about it as the tree knows of its fruit. They know only the power of him on whom their life depends. May we be a church declaring on whom our life depends because we're experiencing the fruitful life, the love and the joy and the peace and the patience because the gardener has made it so. I promise you. Now, some of you might be like, I don't know if I can trust you, Scott. Last week you said if I put a nickel in a jar every day, it would be like $35,000. So church, like if you listened last week, I just want to say sorry. Maybe you don't want me to do your taxes, but I do need to be the one to tell you the promises of scripture that this is what Paul says. These things will grow in you like fruit. This is a, just a major thread throughout the New Testament. And it's a reminder for us as a church because a church that isn't fruitful is dying. There's no life. I don't want to be part of a church like that. I want to be a church that's alive with the fruit of the Spirit because no desire of ours to engage on an issue or be relevant to culture, like none of that will matter in the end. It's do our lives bear the fruit? Are we different because of Jesus? I've said it a million times and you've heard me say it. Nobody cares what you say you believe. They care to see what Jesus is doing in your life. They wanna see the fruit. They wanna see things grow. We got a, a peach tree a couple of years ago. Heather was greatly excited because she loves peach and, and we you know, put fertilizer and put soil and this thing grew and there was little peaches and it was great. And one day I was out mowing my yard with great fervor and as I was rolling around, bam, backed into this thing, broke a branch off and a branch with like five little baby peaches. And I did what any uh, husband would do. I just tucked it back onto the tree hoping she would never see it. And of course, those peaches never came to life because a branch disconnected from the tree, <sighs> no fruit. We've got to stay connected. So that's what I want to say secondly, like all summer long, we're going to be looking at the life as Jesus as the revelation of these fruits of the Spirit, because Jesus was the embodiment of the incarnation of God himself. And so as we study Jesus, we're learning more and more and more about how God has made us to be. So the point of the faith, the, the good news is that our lives should be changed as we seek to follow Jesus, as we're full of his Spirit. 
And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever given, uh, recorded in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he talks about fruitfulness. The Sermon on the Mount is, is just the greatest ever because the content of the message was so inspirational and convicting, but it was empowered by the people listening by the messenger. Like the message was emboldened by the life of the messenger because Jesus' words, they inspired and they convicted and, and they were different than anyone had ever heard and then they saw it lived out in the person of Christ. We understand that now more than ever before because we're so tired of messages that don't connect with the messenger and only Jesus was the full embodiment of both truth and grace. And so Jesus would come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 and he would talk about fruitfulness. He had his disciples before him and he just like, here's what I want you to remember. This comes from Matthew 7 starting in about verse 15. Jesus says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell them, says Jesus, I never knew you away from me. Very painful story. But the point of the whole Sermon on the Mount is found within these simple verses. Believe in me, says Jesus, and your life will bear real and transformative fruit. It's the point. It's the point. And Jesus is like, follow me because I'm the messenger that matched the message. And so as we seek to follow Jesus imperfectly but hungry for more of his fruit in our life, we can expect that our lives will become more and more and more fruitful. The fruits of love and joy and peacefulness, and patience, and gentleness, and self-control. All of it will grow in you as you submit yourself to King Jesus. I don't know about you, but even speaking those words to you this morning brings me great joy because I need that kind of fruit. I can't engineer it on my own. I can't just will myself to it or just discipline myself with morning quiet times. I need Jesus to bring that life out of me. And so this summer, all summer, we're going to be just digging into these principles and just saying, hey, church, abide in Christ. Like, remain in Jesus. Make a home there. Don't pull away from him. And would you believe that Jesus is the embodiment of every good fruit, every good gift that Jesus wants to bring to life in you? And Jesus warns his followers. He's like, don't try to just add me onto a really full life and call it fruitful. Now, Jesus says, for new wine you'll need new wineskins. Your old life can't just sprinkle in a little Jesus and, hey, I got all the fruits I need. No, that's what the rich young ruler tried to do in the gospel of Luke. He he said, Jesus, can I have just a little bit of you to my really full life and how can I inherit eternal life? It sounds great. Jesus' word to him, give all you have and follow me. Because those who cling to their life will lose it, but those who surrender their life to follow Jesus will find it. And so if you recklessly seek after the Lord, the promised church, is you will find the fruit that you desire.
So that's where we want to end. And again, we're going to be spending all summer on this, but I just want to say a word about how this might impact you this summer. You, the people of God, how might this impact you? As the pastors and staff of Bethany North, as we plan for the summer, the ecumenical Bible study coming up and the, the you know, in-person worship at Shorewood starting June 27th, the continuation of our house churches, some other really big projects we're working on for the fall. Like beyond the programming, what is it about? Lean in here, church, lean in. We don't want you to miss any of the fruit that Jesus has for you in his life, by his spirit. We want to see Christ formed in you. We have no desire to be this program-centric YMCA type church. No, we want to see Christ come to life in you. The point of our faith is to love God and love others, which is a fruit of the spirit. We are meant to be fruitful, we're meant to have these different elements of our life, like fruits from a branch that our very life would kind of reach out and then bless the world, that our lives would become the, the branches that Christ would hang himself on in order to feed the needs of the world. What a beautiful and mysterious fact that Jesus wants to use us in order to bring his fruit to the whole world. And just Paul just wants to remind you over and over again, it's not about trying harder. It's about surrendering to what the spirit wants to do. Richard Foster says this. He says, the fruit of the spirit is not push, drive, climb, grasp, or, or trample. Life is more than a climb to the top of the heap. The fruit of the spirit is a gift. Or as Jesus said in John 15, I came that you would experience my fruit in your life. This is the deepening of faith that we also call discipleship. And many have kind of posited that in the American church today, we're kind of reaping the results of kind of a superficial discipleship focused more on evangelism or outreach without really growing roots into the rooted history of Christ and our faith to really know what these fruits are. And so all summer long, we're going deep. We want you to experience the life of the Spirit. That'll be our focus, how you can see yourself in Christ that your identity would be more than just what the world says you are, that you would be this little fruit that God wants to grow, more love, more joy, more peace for his glory in your life. So may this be a summer where you experience growth. May this be a summer where you experience God's truth coming to bear. That's, that's what Paul said in Galatians 5. He's like, the secret to your grow, growth, he says, keep in step with the Spirit. Jesus said the same thing in John 15, abide. We can often think of abide as just kind of laying back and kind of waiting. So I love what Paul says there in Galatians 5, keep in step with the spirit. Motion is required. You're not being invited to a lifestyle of passivity. You are commanded to grow. And when we link abiding and walking, we see with great clarity. And that's what the next generation is asking of us, church. They don't want to see our dogma necessarily. They want to see our fruitfulness. They want to see Christ coming to life in the people that say they believe. Are we really full of these fruits of the Spirit? Because if we are, the world starts to change. And if you expect fruitfulness, your neighborhood, your families, your jobs will be blessed through you. Like, consider this. We're a church of maybe 500 people at Bethany North. 500 disciples connected to the vine of Christ. If 500 people experience fruitfulness, 
And I'm telling you, this is where movements are started. And so just a practical application I want to give you to kind of arm you for the summer that I want to invite you maybe to pray. Max Lucado, the Christian author, he starts each day with this. He says, the fruits of the Spirit, and then he asks God, you know, to these I commit my day. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. To these I commit my day. So could I invite you, church, to maybe start a new summer prayer routine where you would name the fruits of the Spirit and then might you say, Jesus, I commit this day to you for more fruit. Let's, let's do that together. So as we close here, again, I just want to kind of remind you that this is what we'll be spending our summer in. We're going to be learning more and more. And this is what I long to see as your pastor. Like if I see at the beach or I see at the grocery store, I just, I want to hear this good news report. Scott, I can feel something growing in me. I can feel the goodness of God and the love and joy and peace. Like may we be a church experiencing that together. And I'm not the gardener Jesus is, but I have given my life to serve together with you that we would experience God's great gifts of his spirit in our lives because that's who I see you to be. I see you to be a church hungry to experience more of God and God sees you as you already are. God sees you as fruitful and when the good father, the master gardener watches over your life slowly growing towards him, he's pleased and He's hoping to release more of these fruits in your life in the season ahead. He's like, I've, I've given you this promise. I want you to grow. So church, just hear that declaration that God longs for all of us to know these fruits this summer. It's a promise and a hope and a declaration. And the scriptures remind us over and over again that any promise of God will never come back void. Like every promise of God comes back to us in fruitfulness. So we close. I want to just kind of go back to that picture that I gave you at the front end of the message of taking my son away to Diablo Lake. It was a very special time as I was trying to remind him who God made him to be for the season ahead. And, and I'll be real honest with you, like we spent a ton of time like in the hammock cuddling and sleeping on one cot and spending time together out swimming and it was so, it was so great, right? Like I was just focused on him and I've been going through some things where at times I feel like, God, where are you for me? And feeling like not fruitful at times and feeling this more fleshly worries or anxiety or whatever else and I was driving home from Diablo Lake and I was given this picture from the Lord. And I just love to share it with you because I feel like it's a picture from our whole church. And it was like God was saying that same attention that you focused on your boy in the hammock, that same time around the fire, him reading letters about how I've made him to be. I felt like the Lord was speaking over me. He's like, Scott, that's how I feel about you. That's how I feel about you. I can't, I'm crazy about you. I love you. I want to see these fruits grow in you. And I was driving home down the North Cascade Highway just crying my eyes out. Church, I have good news for you. Your Father in heaven loves you. He loves you. And he longs to see more of these fruits grown in you. Not out of a place of judgment, but from that place and position of, of joy. So 
this will be a summer. We're going to give ourselves over to this teaching with the belief that God will bring us to be people of more and more and more fruitfulness by the gifts of his spirit. I look forward to being with you all summer teaching about this. Will you pray with me now? Lord God, thank you so much for this uh, kind of introductory sermon to be taught about the, the gifts, I'm sorry, the fruit of the spirit. And God, we just, we, we hunger for more fruitfulness, not from this place of our fallenness or our shame or our, no, God, we just want to be people of these, of these fruitful lives. We want to experience that. We want to be not just individuals, but we long to be a community that's more and more and more loving and joyful and all the good fruits. Thank you for this promise that by your spirit, you will grow these things in us. God, it's hard to believe at times because we see evidence that at times we, we wonder what is the fruit that wants to grow in us. But we declare by the power of your spirit, that these words of Galatians 5 are the truth that you've spoken over us. And so this summer, God, we're committed to being people growing by the fruits of the Spirit for your glory. And all God's people said, amen. Would you close in worship with us?